Welcome to the New York Rangers podcast in partnership with Inside the Rink. I'm your host, Jacob Berkowitz, and today we're going to be having an interview with Stat Boy Steven. Some of you may know him from Twitter. Uh, he contributes a lot on the prospect side of things. Uh, you should go and follow him. We will be going today in the whole New York Rangers prospect pool, not the whole thing, but uh, some of the main prospects uh, that you'll be seeing probably in the next coming years. Uh, we'll be going in a whole deep dive, so let's get to it. Uh, and we're here with Steven. Steven, how's it going? Uh, I'm good. How about you? I'm doing terrific. So obviously people I'm assuming from Twitter know that you're very uh, expertise with the prospects overseas or in America or anywhere, really. Um, so do you want to take us off with the first prospect on the list? Um, yeah, sure. Um, so, yeah, the, the Rangers for the last couple of years have had uh, some great defensive prospects, you know, that, that we've seen uh, make the team the last couple of months. Uh, in Keandre Miller, Nils Lundqvist, and today Zach Jones back in the lineup again. Um, and then Braden Schneider and, and Matthew Robertson uh, in the AHL. But this year, the focus is definitely on forwards. Uh, all these defensemen, they've been signed, they're on the contract now. And now when you look at our prospect pool, uh, there's there's a bunch of forward prospects that are very excited. Yeah, no, it's, I mean, they've gotten, they've definitely gotten much better at drafting. Yeah, yeah. The first one is uh, probably one of my one of my favorites. It's uh, Brad Berard. Uh, he was a fifth round pick in 2020. Uh, plays for Providence in uh, in the NCAA. Uh, this is uh, his second season in college. Uh, he also played for Team USA at the World Juniors last year when they won gold, and this year, uh, even though the tournament, of course, was canceled. Um, we have fifth round pick in 2020, a huge steal, a great upside. He's a smaller player, um, but what really stands out with him is his energy. He never takes a shift off. Um, so, like, well, what's me very much of Carl Haglin, but he's a, right. he's a better shooter than Carl Haglin. Also, I see like he always gets in those dirty areas, like yeah. he always knows. Like, and he's not he's not big, but he's still like a tough guy. Yeah, and I spoke to him a couple of weeks ago, um, and over the summer, he added 10 pounds, but oh, wow. looking at him this season compared to last season, he's even faster, so he he gained weight in the right areas, and uh, you can tell on the score sheet, last year, he had five goals and five assists in 19 games. This year, he has 12 goals and 12 assists in 21 games, so more than double in, you know, in basically the same amount of games. Uh, so like what are what are his like priors? Um I sorry? Yeah, no, go ahead. No, so what is like people should expect from like his strengths? Like what are people gonna say, oh wow, that's like okay. So a Brett Burrard is the type of player that really uh keeps the energy up in a game. Um it's he's he's one of those high octane players that if if your team isn't having a, is having a couple of bad shifts, you put him out there and he he, like I said, he never gives up. Uh, he has a little bit of Ryan Callahan in him uh, for Ranger fans to to make a comparison. He's sort of like a mix between Ryan Callahan and Carl Hagelin. Uh, but the player he compares himself to is Brendan and Gallagher of the Montreal Canadiens. Um, I think Berard is a better skater than, than Brendan Gallagher. And I think skating is definitely the thing that stands out the most with Brett Berard. Um, when he played on the third line for Team USA at the World Juniors a year ago, um, he he played with uh, Bobby Brink and uh, Farinacci, and he was the catalyst on that third line. And a lot of people at the time said that he was maybe even the best player on Team USA when they won the gold. Uh, he was definitely the most noticeable. Um, so very exciting player to have in our in our organization. Um, I think he's going to turn pro in 2023. Uh, mm. The reason behind that is because his younger brother Brady is uh, is joining Providence next season. And he really wants to play uh, for the Providence Friars with, uh, together with his brother. Uh, the Berard family grew up uh, right around the corner from, uh, from Providence. So his, their dad was a hockey goalie for the Providence Friars. Their mom played, I think, field hockey. Um, They've been very, very uh, connected to the to the Providence Friars and, and Providence uh, College 
And uh, their dad, David Berard, I think is now the, the general manager of the, uh, of the Providence Friars hockey team. So it makes sense that he stays for a third year. I think for his development, it wouldn't be the worst thing, uh, spending another year in college and then coming over at age 21. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, um, when he makes the jump, if he stays another year in college, I think he can make the jump straight away, uh, skipping the AHL. Because the style of hockey he plays, I think, is tailor-made for the NHL. Right, but so what are things like he probably has to like work on though, like in order to develop into a proper NHL player? Um, he has to work a little bit on his defensive game. Uh, you know, offensively and, and in possession, he's great. But away from the puck, he probably needs to work on on the way he positions himself. Um, but the things he needs to work on. Are, are minor things at best. Um, you know, the, the, the things he does really well are the things that you expect from a player in the NHL. He's very strong on the forecheck. Uh, you know, he has, has good hands. You know, he has scoring touch. And he scores goals in the dirty areas. He doesn't score the highlight real goals that you see Trevor Zegras score. He scores a lot of goals in and around the crease. Uh, so, yeah, that's, those are all things that, that, in my opinion, would translate well to the NHL. Um, so if he can round out his defensive game and his play away from the puck, I think he's ready to make the jump. So you're saying he probably makes the jump in like 2023 ish, 2023. That's, that's when I think he'll go pro. Yeah. Got it. Well, what do you think though? Like, uh, in the NHL, where do you see him, uh, being line wise and all that? Yeah. Um, He'll probably start on the third line. Um, uh, luckily for the Rangers, uh, uh, Brett Berard and also Brennan Othman are comfortable on either side. Uh, so either left wing or right wing doesn't matter to them. So it gives you a little bit of versatility. Um, and I think in 2023, we'll, we'll probably see guys like Julian Gauthier um, move on. Uh, and and it'll, be, it'll be a battle between Berard and Payu Niemi. Uh, for the third line, third line wingers and winger spot, in my opinion. And he's he's unsigned, right? The Rangers haven't signed him yet. No, no, because he's in college. Uh, if you sign a pro contract, you oh can right, right, right. Then you have to right. Gotcha. Yeah. Um. Okay, then. So, we do you want to go on to the next prospect? So, I think that probably sums up his. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's move on to the next one. Well, who was the next one you had on your list? Oh. Uh, Will Cully? Cooley? I, I, I'm terrible with pronouncing the names. It's, uh, it's, it's pronounced Cooley. It's, Cooley. A, it's a difficult name. If you, when you look at it, it can be, can be difficult to figure out how to pronounce it. But yeah, Will Cooley, uh, second round pick in 2020. We got him with uh, draft selection. Uh, we got in a trade for Elias Anderson. Um, played in the World Juniors for Team Canada. Played with, um, with Connor Bedard, who is the projected first overall pick in 2023. Um, and I think a lot of Ranger fans weren't really that high on Cooley when he was picked. But since then, he's really worked his way up. Uh, he spent some time with Hartford last season, played 18 games in the AHL because the OHL was canceled. And then this year back in the OHL, he's uh, with the Windsor Spitfires again. And his, his style of play is, uh, is what Team Canada really wanted at the World Juniors. They wanted... Uh, gritty players uh instead of what they normally do they just go with the 12 best forwards and and then they try to win it but these days even in international hockey you need role players as well so will cooley was the perfect role player for team canada um cooley compares himself to tom wilson now i don't think he will be as good as tom wilson is tom wilson has scored 20 goals a season several times uh, but stylistically, I could see the comparison there. Um, he's a he's a he's a feisty player, you know. Doesn't back down from 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 physical play. Um, doesn't mind dropping the gloves when he has to. Um, but I think Cooley's upside is probably um, third or fourth line. Um, mm-hmm. And with Will Cooley, he he prefers to play on the left side. Now, there's a little bit of a logjam on the Rangers on the left side with Panera and Lafreniere and Kreider. So Cooley on the fourth line would make sense. Um, he's already under contract. His entry-level contract slides this year. So we'll probably see him in Hartford next season. 
and then have him come up to uh, to 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 the Rangers uh, the season after that, 2023-2024. That's that's normally the timetable you look at with players like Will Cooley. It takes them a little longer because because of the uh, the style of play, they need a little bit more time to adjust. But once they do, they can be very effective. Um, so you look for Will Cooley to uh, to be a fourth line player for the Rangers if he makes it. Got it. Yeah, it seemed like in the 2020 draft, like there was kind of a theme of like the Rangers wanted more feisty players, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah Braden Schneider in the first round is a good example. Uh, then then Will Cooley in the second round, of course. Then they got Meta Rempe in the sixth round. Uh, they really went with with size and physicality that that draft year, um, and that was of course uh, the you know the, uh, the the big turnaround that Davidson and Gordon were were setting in motion, uh, and that was then accelerated by Drury when he took over uh, last summer. Got it. So what again? Also him. Uh, what does he need to work on in order to try to take the next step? Um, Will Cooley is, is a very raw uh, prospect. You know, he, he does certain things really well. I, I think he just needs to get better at, at you know, the, uh, the, the basic things that he does. Um, he probably needs to work on his skating a little bit. Um, and he needs to bulk up with the, the, the style of hockey he plays, very physical. Um, he, needs to, he needs to have... He needs to have the body mass in certain areas to be effective at the next level. Uh, what you normally see with physical players is that they take a little longer when they go to the next level because their frame has to fill out. Um, Keandre Miller is a good example, of course. He's, he's, a, he's a lanky defenseman who, when he was in college, he was able to use his reach to get out of uh, bad situations. But now that he's in the NHL, he's no longer able to use that uh, as sort of an escape so he has to reinvent the way he plays. And Will Cooley will have the same challenges. Um, but considering how he played last season when he was in Hartford for those 18 games, I think, I think he's already shown that, that he can adjust to that level. It's just up to him to take that next step. And we're talking about kids that are 18, 19 years old here. So it's really difficult to project who will make it and who won't make it. Um, a good example of that is Tim Gettinger who was drafted, I think, in 2016. That was five years ago. And only now we're seeing what he can do. He, had, he has sort of like a breakout year in Hartford. And then he plays for the Rangers today because of illness and, and injuries. Um, sometimes players need a little longer than, you know, Zuccarello didn't become an NHL regular until he was 26 years old. I think people forget that sometimes. Right. Yeah, because sometimes, sometimes it takes longer for other prospects and people just write them off immediately, which is... Yeah. And if you look at someone like Carl Haglin, you can say uh, Carl Haglin, you know, went straight to the NHL. He only played in Hartford for a couple of weeks. But yeah, Carl Haglin was drafted at age 19, then spent four years in college. So he turned pro when he was 23. When Will Cooley turns pro at age 20, that's a three-year difference, which at that age is huge. Um, so that's also something to take into, to take into consideration especially when it comes to physical players like Will Cooley, uh, three years is a lot of time to, uh, you know, to work on your, on your, on your physicality. Um, so for Will Cooley, the mo- most important thing is to, um, you know, to bulk up um, and just hit the gym. You know, a guy like Will Cooley needs to hit the gym and, and, and make sure that, that it translates to the same style of play at the next level. But if everything goes well in two, three years, he can definitely make the team. And his skating is like up to par or is that also something he needs to work on? Uh, it's not a strength, but uh, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't call it a weakness either. Uh, the way he plays, he's usually in the offensive zone already. So in juniors, it's hard to, to, really, uh, you know, to really judge his skating. Uh, but I think we'll have a better understanding of where he is when he's with the Wolfpack next season. Um, you know, when, when, when he's at the pro level where, you know, talking to guys like Stephen Fogarty and Brendan Crawley and Ty Ronning over the years, the one thing they always say is when you get to the, to the AHL, nobody talks about it, but everything is just a little faster. You know, players make decisions faster. 
instead of a second, you have half a second. And then when you get to the NHL, you have only a quarter of a second to make up your mind. Uh, if you blink twice, then 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 the puck's already gone. So the, the, the speed of the game uh, goes up significantly when you get to the next level, especially from juniors, uh, or from, from college or juniors to minor league hockey. Even though it's minor league hockey, it's still professional hockey. Um, that is a jump that, that players need to need sometimes need some time to adjust. Um, others like Zach Jones, they they just have the raw talent to adjust on the fly. Braden Schneider is, is is an example. He went from juniors to to minor league hockey, and he's doing really well. Um, but a lot of players just need need time to adjust, and it's also an adjustment off the ice. You know, Will Cooley coming from Canada and then moving to the United States, it's different. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not as big a jump as going from Sweden or Finland to North America, but it's still an adjustment off the ice as well. Um, so we'll see next season when Cooley's in Hartford, uh, where he stands. But I, I think fans will like him. He, he has the potential to be a fan favorite with the way he plays. Got it. So on to the next one. I'm actually not, out of all the prospects we're talking about, this is the one that I'm least familiar with. And I don't know how I'm going to spell this right, but Kel Vaisenen. Kalevaisenen from Finland. Yeah. Um, Bit of a surprise selection for Finland at the World Juniors, uh, to be honest. Um, I mean, he's had a a decent season. He was a fourth-round pick uh, this past summer. Um, Plays for TPS, Kako and Pajuniemi's old team. Um. And surprisingly, he made he made their their men's team out of camp. So he played the majority of the season in Liga, uh, played a couple of games with their under twenty team as well. Um, but yeah, he's a he's a big guy. Um, he's a, he's a good skater for 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 his size, which always sounds a little bit weird. It's like. Yeah, it's like saying, "Oh, you, you look you look really good for someone who's ugly," you know. But uh, no, right. for someone with his size, he's a, he's a pretty good skater, so that that doesn't that doesn't hold him back. Um, I think f- physically, he has a big frame, but he hasn't filled out yet, uh, so that's probably one of the challenges he has. But he's very comparable to Adam Edstrom, who was a sixth round pick in 2019, who plays in Sweden uh, in the SHL, um, and. It's it's a it's a, it's an interesting pattern the Rangers have uh, the last couple of years, especially with later picks. Now they go for guys like Edstrom and Rempe and Alvaisen, where you know that you know the 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 skating or or uh, the puck handling might not be there yet, but they already have the frame that that the Rangers really want from their players. You see it with with Gettinger that I mentioned earlier. Gettinger is, I think, 6'7". Um, and the Rangers understand that these players need more time. You know, they don't just jump into the jump into the lineup a year after they're drafted. But that's fine. You know, the Rangers have time. A player in Europe is under control for four years until he needs to be signed. So there's no rush there. Um, but it'll be... interesting to see how he does in Liga. In the, if you look at a guy like Payu Niemi, who played for TPS as well, he had his breakout year at age 20. So if Weissenden doesn't really impress that much this season or next season, it's not necessarily uh, a death sentence for his career. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's difficult to, to get a really good look on, on what Weissenden can do. Uh, and on Team Finland at the World Juniors, he was on their fourth line, so he didn't get a lot of minutes. He did get an assist against Austria, though, uh, because uh, one of his teammates shot the puck and it hit his back. It bounced in off his back. So uh, that's probably the luckiest goal you'll ever score at the World Juniors. <laughs> yeah, long-term, long-term project. Um, but it's it's one of those guys, like with, with Austin Rushev, an undrafted free agent they signed two years ago, one of those guys where you know the Rangers know they have the size already, and now they just need to work on everything else. Um, and and some people always say you know there's one thing you cannot teach in that size, which is true. Um, and yeah, with a fourth round pick, when you have three picks in the fourth round, it's not it's not terrible to go for a guy like that. Uh, they already had their talented players earlier. 
in uh, Ryder Korzak and Brennan Othman. Um, so, yeah, and Brody Lamb is another one, of course. They got in the fourth round this year. I think the Rangers drafted a really good mix of players. They, they had a really good mix of, of big frames, physical players, and, and just talented players. Got it. Like, obviously, he's only 18, so we don't know for a couple of years. Do you see him being a regular or a guy that's, like, in and out of the lineup? Um, that's tough to say if he's, if he's even going to get a contract. Um, like you said, he's only 18. He's playing in the Finnish league for the first time. Uh, so that's already an adjustment for him. And look at, like I said, look at Pai Yunyemi. When Pai Yunyemi was that age, he wasn't even drafted. He went undrafted the first year he was eligible. So, um, but he's playing professional hockey, which is already a step up from uh, what he was expected to be. And that's playing in, in the Finnish junior league. So it, he's already exceeding expectations in my opinion. Right. Um, is there any, obviously this is one of the ones that like, this is years down the road, so we don't know anything. What's the like one strength he has that you're like, this is his lead point. Uh, probably his passing. Um, he sees the eyes really well. Um, and, and he sometimes throws out passes that you don't see coming. Um, so that's definitely an interesting strength to have. Um, the question is, will that will that translate to when he's in North America, where the dimensions are are a little bit different and and the pace is a little bit higher, so you don't have as much time to to find your teammates. But um, yeah, I I don't I don't think Weissenden is definitely a goal scoring winger. He's more a playmaker. Um, he reminds me a little bit of Philip Hedel when he played uh, on the wing in the Czech Republic. I mean, that was that would definitely be great. He could be somewhere around the obviously at 18. Uh, if, yeah, if, if someone, if you draft someone in the fourth round and they even make it to the NHL, I consider, right. that, as, I consider that a successful draft pick. Like after the third round, it's basically lottery tickets. Yes. It's yes. basically how it is. And that's why, you know, when, when I see a team trade down, trade like a, a, a third rounder for two fifth rounders, that's always, you know, that that's like that's like adding extra, you know, to those scratch off tickets. Right, exactly. It's like, it's like getting a couple for free. I I don't I don't get why they like. I don't know if you're in the third round. Like I don't get why you would ever trade back. Because it's just I, I don't know. Like yeah, after the third round, it's yeah, it's scratch off tickets. Mm-hmm. It, it also depends on on how many players you already have in your system. I think there's a reserve list of. 90 players max um so yeah i mean you can trade down and get more picks but if if your scouts have a player that they really like like brett berard two years ago or last year actually uh the rangers really liked brett berard in the seventh round or in the fifth round they gave up two seventh round picks to trade back into the fifth round to get brett berard and that turns out to be a really good decision so it just depends on who your scouts have their eyes on. But if, if there's no one that really stands out and a team offers you two picks to trade down, I would, I would almost always take that. Yes. Got it. So on to the next one, as we, everyone knows, the Rangers have always had good luck with uh, goalies. Mm-hmm. Um, Dylan Garand, uh, what can you tell us about him? Uh, yeah. Dylan Garand, fourth round pick. Uh, same as Igor Shesturkin in 2014. So hopefully that's an omen. Um, yeah. Um, plays for the Kamloops Blazers in the WHL. Uh, puts up really good numbers. Uh, makes some really good saves. The only caveat I, I would I would add to that is that he, the Kamloops Blazers are one of the better teams in the WHL. So his workload isn't as high as as you would always expect from uh, from a goalie. Uh, juniors is a very high scoring league. Uh, but if you look at, uh, if you look at the, the games he's played the last couple of weeks, um, you know, uh, they can see that one goal, then three, one, uh, then two, three, and then four games in a row where they only conceded one goal, uh, which in itself could be a sign of a good goalie, but there are games where he only, where he only faces 16 or 18 shots. So it's, yeah, it's it's nice that he puts up good numbers, but he also plays for one of the better teams. 
So it's uh, it's not necessarily uh, it's not necessarily a bad thing, but it's something to keep an eye on. He also spent some time in Hartford last season uh, when the WHL was was on hold. Uh, I think he played. Did he play games for them? Um, I don't. I don't think he played for them, but he sp- he spent a couple of weeks with the Wolfpack. So he has that little little bit of pro experience. He signed his entry level contract a couple of weeks ago, so he will definitely go to Hartford next year. Um, and yeah, it's it's good to have another goalie in the system. Georgiev is leaving, uh, and that leaves you with uh, with Huska Wall, and then and then now Dylan Garand. Um, I don't know what they're going to do with the backup position in New York. I don't think they have someone yet in their system that they're comfortable with unless they hang on to Keith Kincaid. Um, but I don't see Garand Wall or Huska being the backup just yet. THL for the Jacksonville Iceman. But um, that's a logical next step for Garand. You know, turn pro. Um, and most of these goalies, they only make the NHL when they're 23, 24 years old. Garand's only 19, so... We have plenty of time there. Goalies are always long-term projections, and that's why I would never draft a goalie in the first or second round. Right. I mean, yeah, no, whenever someone picks up a goalie first or second round, I, I just, yeah, no, that's just also a question mark for me. Um, I, mean, I mean... Of course, there are exceptions. You know, right. You goalie like Carey Price or, or Andre Vasilevsky, sure, go for it. But... Guys, like... Odinger or Knight? Yeah, Spencer Knight. Spencer Knight uh, and what's the Swedish goalie? Uh, Jesper Wallstedt. There have been a couple of goalies in the first round the last few drafts. Um, but I, I just don't see a reason for the Rangers to... Once you get to the later half of the first round and the second round, I don't see a reason to go for a goalie when goalies are always available in the fourth and fifth round. And and look at most goalies in the league. You know, these aren't all goalies that that are drafted in the second round. Um, Shestjorkin was a fourth round pick. Sorokin, I think, was a fifth round pick. Um, just just pick a random goalie and and go to their elite prospects page and look at what round they're drafted in, and you'd be surprised how many how many of these goalies were drafted in the later rounds. So. As you mentioned, like he's on a very good team, so it's hard to evaluate, you know, how would he do on a, a bigger workload? But yeah, so he has like a 1.8 goals against and then a 930 save percentage. So it's not like it's not like he's doing very well. It's just, you know, you can't evaluate based on, you know, being on a good team and facing sometimes 16 shots a game. Yeah. And, and unfortunately, with junior hockey, we don't have the advanced statistics to look at the quality of the shots like we can do in the NHL. You know, you can look at high danger, uh, safe percentage. Um, unfortunately, we don't have that data for the WHL, or at least I don't have them. Um, and, and like I said, it's not necessarily a bad thing. They play on a good team, but it's something to keep in mind. Um, and I think next season will be very telling uh, as to how he will do uh, at the next level. But with Huska and Wall, it'll be an interesting battle between those three. Got it. Do you think he has starter material in him, or you think at best he'll be like a one B guy? No, I, th- I think he has the potential to be a starter. Um, I don't think Tyler Wall and Adam Huska definitely have that same potential. Um, that doesn't mean that they cannot exceed those expectations, but I think out of those three, Garant has the highest upside. Got it. Um, okay, I think that kind of wraps it up on him. Um, I think we've done all the prospects that went to World Juniors. Oh, also speaking of Dylan Garant, I know he played one game in the World Juniors, but like the defense was kind of dysfunctional that game. So yeah, um, they uh, they he conceded three goals against the Czechs. Um, I, I watched that game. I'd say of those three goals, one was definitely on him. Uh, the others were the, were just the defense collapsing in front of him, uh, but only three, uh, uh, only fourteen saves out of seventeen shots on goal. That's one of those examples where the low uh, the low workload comes back to bite you. If you do give up a goal or two, then that low workload will 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 affect your numbers. Right. 
Um, okay, I think that wraps it up on him. Um, you want to go to Brendan Offman? Yes. Um, one of the more controversial picks for the Rangers uh, in the last few years. Um, of course, uh, 16th overall, selected by the Rangers. Uh, a lot of Ranger fans wanted, wanted us to draft a center there. Uh, but I think Brennan Othman has surprised a lot of people with the way he's played, the numbers he's put up. Um, he's been carrying uh, a Flint Firebirds team single-handedly almost uh, to a playoff spot. Um, and, and when you look at the Flint Firebirds, when Othman's not on the ice, it's just not the same team. Um, he has 21 goals and 18 assists in 26 games for 39 points. Um, but what, what's even more impressive, a couple of weeks ago, I did a whole deep dive into production in the, in the Ontario Hockey League. And it turns out that Brennan Othman had the highest uh, contribution percentage of any player in the OHL. Um, contribution percentage means the number of your team's goals that you're involved in. So if, if you have, he has 39 points and his team has 120 goals, so that would mean he's involved in, in one-third of his team's goals. And earlier in the season, that percentage for him was 48.1%, which was the highest in the OHL. It has dropped a little bit since then because the team has picked up scoring and some of his teammates have been finding the net. But especially early on, Othman was, was just a one-man show in, uh, in Flint. Um, he probably should have been selected for Team Canada for the World Juniors. But yeah, that's just under- a war crime. Uh, yeah, I, I don't understand. I don't understand why he didn't get an invitation. I think he was definitely good enough to be on that team. Uh, um, but I do know that there's some, sometimes they give 19-year-old players a chance because it's their last chance to play in the World Juniors. Uh, the Russians do the same thing as well. The Russians don't really select players younger than 19 unless they really stand out. Um, but I, I fully expect him to play in the World Juniors next season. Yes. Um, so like with said, him, yeah. yeah. No, like, like I said, with Flint Firebirds without Othman are are a bottom feeder team in the OHL. So right. he's, he's he's the main reason they are even in in the race for the playoffs. So with him, he's like kind of one of the most familiar. I mean, the one thing I know about him is I believe he has like a rocket of a shot. Yeah. Yeah. They're a really good shot. He plays all situations, power play, even strength, and uh, the penalty kill. Um, and I think he, he, al- he also has, let me check, he has a couple of shorthanded goals this season. Um, yeah, he has three shorthanded goals in the last four weeks. Oh, wow. So he, he scores on, on, he scores at any situation you give him. Uh, and he gets a lot of shots on goal, too. Um, I think he's top five in the league in shots on goal. Um, so he's creating offense. But when you watch him play, what stands out the most is that, like I said, he creates the offense himself. Um, I, I, I know from some conversations I've had that they, they, he, he, they, want, they want him to be traded to another OHL team, but the Flint Firebirds don't want to trade him because without them, they're not winning any games. And if they don't win any games, they don't sell any seats. And, you know, it's, it's still a business. So right. um, I understand the Firebirds hesitancy of not trading him. Um, but, yeah, we'll see what happens with that. He's under contract. His entry-level contract slides this year and possibly next year. Um, he's not eligible for the AHL until 2023. So unless the Rangers uh, decide to keep him on the team next season, he'll be back in the OHL for another year. Got it. If if they start, if the team keeps on like sliding back, do you then see them maybe possibly trading him? Um, I don't think the Rangers are are looking. No, not the Rangers. Him. I mean the the team. Oh, the Firebirds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If they are out of a playoff spot, they might um, because you know you could get some high draft picks for him, maybe. Maybe some some younger players that in the future could could pan out, but for a team like the Flint Firebirds to have a player that was at um, that was a first round pick in the NHL draft, that that's a pretty big deal. Right. I mean, that um, sells seats. 
Exactly. Uh, people come to a Firebirds game to watch Brandon Altman. You know, like a couple of years ago, the Erie Otters, they sold seats because Connor McDavid was playing. And the London Knights had the same thing with, um, uh, what was his name? Um, uh, Mitch Marner. You know, th- those kind of players sell seats. Those kind of players draw people in. So, yeah, it's if you trade him, you have to think long and hard on what the ramifications are for your team financially. Um, I could see them trading him next season if they are out of a playoff spot. Um, because if they trade him this season, then they otherwise they would have him all season next season, of course. Um, so it's interesting to see what's going to happen there. Um, but Offman is probably one of the more exciting prospects this organization has now. Um, and yeah, I think he's proven a lot of doubters wrong in the first couple of months after being drafted. Is there anything he probably has to like work on or is there like no gaping? Is there like stuff that he's like a little bit weaknesses or there's stuff that he clearly has to work on? Uh, It's probably his skating. I wouldn't say his skating is a weakness, but it's probably the weakest part of his game. Um, he's, he's a fast enough skater that he can win a race for the puck. But I think his first couple of strides need improvement. Um, I do know from uh, some conversations I've had that the Rangers have set up uh, a, pro- a program for him. They want him to come over in the summer and, and, and work out with, with their coaches and, and uh, you know, put a training regimen together there. So the Rangers are definitely interested in, in, in helping him get to that next level. Um, so we'll see what happens over the summer. Um, I think he's going to spend time with guys like Chris Kreider, uh, Ben Prentice, um, and then and then next season, it depends on where the Rangers want him. Uh, do they want him to play for the Flint Firebirds for another year, or do they feel that, that he has nothing left to, to prove in the OHL and keep him on the team in the NHL? It would burn a year off of his contract, but if they think it's better for his development, that would probably be uh, the way to go for them. Uh, what do you think his potential is? Top six, top line, third line? I think the most probable is uh, is middle six, so second or third line winger. Uh, like I said, he plays he plays both the left and the right side, so it makes him versatile. Uh, his absolute upside, I think, is a first line winger. Um, I think when you look at a guy like Chris Kreider in his draft year um, and in his first season after he was drafted, he was doing really well in college, but I don't think people fully expected him to be a top line player in the NHL, but look at him now, you know, he's second in the league in goals. He's, he's a bona fide, uh, a first line player um, on, on, on one of the better teams in the NHL. So if Othman can, if Othman can, can work on his, on his weaknesses over the summer, uh, I could see him be, be a top six, uh, top six option for this team. Maybe not next year. Um, I think he might start on the third line. But if you look at a guy like Zuccarello, Zuccarello started on the third line and worked his way up. Um, I think if, if Othman has, has the right attitude, if Othman is given the right tools to, to improve, he can definitely be a top six player on a contending team. Um, his strengths... Uh, like you said, his shot is probably uh, one of the best strengths he has in his game. Uh, he doesn't mind going into the dirty areas. Uh, he doesn't shy away from physicality. He's a, he's a typical power forward. Um, and the player he compares himself to is uh, is actually Kyle Connor. It's it was his favorite player growing up. Um, but um, one of my other, one of my, one, one of the guys I spoke to a couple of weeks ago keeps comparing him to Adam Detmarsh. Uh, I think Offman's scoring is probably a little bit better than that, but that's the type of player to expect with Brent Offman. Got it. So on to the next one. Um, kind of came out of the, like personally for me, kind of came out of the blue out of nowhere this year. Uh, Reader Korzak. Uh, right, right, of course, like a third round pick this year. Yeah, he's, um, I would say Brennan Altman is the best player we've drafted this year, but I think Ryder Korzak is the best draft pick we've made this year. 
Uh, he's not better than Othman, but in the third round, I think he's a really good pickup. Uh, we drafted him 75th overall, um, plays for the Moose Jaw Warriors in the WHL. And what really stands out about Korzak is just the way he, the way he dominates games, the way he creates offense. Um, I think his most interesting comparable would be Derek Brassard with the way he plays. He's a, he's a really good playmaking center. Um, and when you watch him play, he makes passes that nobody expects. And that, that gave me flashbacks to Derek Brassard. Derek Brassard sometimes played like he had eyes in the back of his head. He saw passing lanes that nobody else saw. Um, and, and Korzak has, has a similar style to it. He also has a really good shot uh, where Brassard had a slap shot that was really, really deadly. Uh, Korzak uses more of a wrister, but still, he, he gets he gets some decent a decent amount of goals. Um, he has 12 goals and 28 assists in 34 games for 40 points. Um, and he's on a team that has some some talent, but the talent really it really shines when they play with Korzak. Um, a couple of years ago, he had 76 in, in uh, sorry 67 points in 62 games. Uh, and then last year he was dealing with a with a minor injury, so he missed a couple of games. But he's been hovering around a, hovering around a point per game for the last two years in the WHL. Uh, and this year he's just, in my opinion, taking that next step. So obviously, um, being a center is huge. Fans, yeah. Seen, yeah, as a Seattle Thunderbirds fan, I've seen the Mojo Warriors play a couple of times and. Even in the last two seasons, he was definitely a guy that stood out uh, to me. Uh, so when the Rangers drafted him in the third round, I was actually really excited about it. I think this is exactly what the Rangers need at center. They needed good center prospects. Um, and this is a guy that can contribute offensively. And that's what they need. Um, defensive centers, I think we have that already. We have guys like Kotorenko and Richards and Barron. So I think in that department, we're set for the next couple of years. So going with a guy that that shines offensively was probably the right call. Got it. So the um, being a center is obviously Harrison, huge. Like I said, Derek, Derek, sorry? Oh, no, I was, I was just going to say being a center is obviously huge for the Rangers because they don't have a lot of prospects yes, in yes. that department. So yeah. do you see him like – when do you see him being able to – obviously, he's only 19. When do you see him – being able to come up? Uh, well, he turns 20 next year, which means he will be uh, eligible to play in the AHL. Um, I don't know if the Rangers are going to sign him yet. If they do, uh, then he can make the jump together with Will Cooley. Um, if not, he'll spend another year on the WHL. And what, what were you saying before? Uh, he's, a, he's a smallish player. He's um, he's AHL eligible next season. Oh, okay. So if they if they sign him to an entry level contract, they can send him to Hartford. Um, if not, they will leave him in the WHL for another year. Um, he is a little bit on the small side at five eleven, and I think uh, one hundred and seventy two pounds. Um, so he he needs to bulk up a little bit. Like this, the the size is not something you can work on, but the weight is definitely something you can work on. So. Like with Will Cooley, he just need, he needs to hit the gym, uh, make sure he gets a little bit stronger on his skates. Um, and, yeah, I think the AHL would be the logical next step next season. So hopefully they sign him to a contract so they can do that. And I think I think with Barron most likely making the team next year and one of Kodorenko or Richards making the jump up, uh, there, there should be at least one spot available uh, for a center to, uh, to grab in Korzak. So, do you do you see him being like a third line center? What, what do you see him being? Um, yeah, like same with Brassard. Um, although Brassard was a top ten pick, so it's, it's it's a different comparison, of course. But um, I could see him having having the upside of uh, of uh, of a uh, uh, Derek Brassard light, or maybe an Artemanisimov uh, third third line center. Uh, with with some power play time, uh, maybe jump up to the second line if there's an injury. Uh, I don't think we should expect him to be like a, a like a top six mainstay, 
but um, I think he definitely has the talent to make it to make it as a third liner. Okay, so um, all right, you know, yeah, that's that's definitely obviously, you know, being a third round pick, that's pretty quality of a pick. Yeah, it's yeah, and and like I said, Othman is probably the best player, but in my opinion, this was their best pick. Right. Um, for for the player they got, for where they got him, seventy fifth overall, I think is I think it's just a really good value. And uh, all right, so if we we want to go to the Hartford uh, prospects now, um, let's start with Braden Schneider. Yeah, Schneider, I think is another pick that Ranger fans weren't really happy with when it was made. Again, because Ranger fans expected a center. But I think a year later, he has uh, quieted most of his critics. Um, Schneider is one of the one of the standout defensemen in Hartford. Uh, he only turned 20, I think, two months ago. So he's relatively young. Um, and I, Schneider definitely has, I mean, the probability of him being in the NHL, I would put at about 85 to 90%. That's how close he is. Um, and the fact that he wasn't included in any trade offers for Jack Eichel tells you how this organization sees him. Um, it's it's tough to say, though. I don't see them moving on from Jacob Truba anytime soon. So unless they move a guy to the left, uh, it's going to be a battle between Lundqvist and Schneider. And that'll be definitely an interesting one. Do you see in like the long term, though, he becomes the replacement for Truba? Oh, I think stylistically... He's definitely a true bus replacement. Um, whether that'll be in 2024 or later, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, we don't know how Truba will age with the way he plays. Um, but with the versatility, they have Schneider playing the left side in Hartford. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they try him on the left side with, uh, with Adam Fox. Has he ever played the left side before? Um, I don't know if he played the left side in juniors, but they have been playing him on the left uh, and then Zach Jones on the right in Hartford, which seems weird, but I think it's part of the Rangers plan. They just want to see how they do on the opposite side to see what they have in in, in those two players. Um, But it's interesting to see what's going to happen with the Rangers defense moving forward. We have a relatively young defensive core with Fox, Lundqvist, Miller, Lindgren, Jones, all 23 or younger. The only defenseman that's older than that is Jacob Truba. Um, and, I mean, I, it, it could mean that the Rangers move one of their defensive prospects for help elsewhere. You know, they could package a couple of prospects for an established top six winger or top six center. Um, but I still, I still think Truba will be gone in a couple of years simply because of the cap hit. And it, it makes sense to move forward with, uh, with a right side on defense with uh, Fox, Schneider, and Lundqvist. So you mentioned that. I, I don't know if we mentioned yet, but obviously he's a very physical defenseman. Um, what can you tell us about his skating or like what, what is he has to work on in order to be a top four defensive mainstay? Um, I think skating wise, he's fine. Um, it's just, it's just experience in experience in his own zone. Um, just getting used to the pace at the next level. When you saw the play today of Braden point against Zach Jones, that's a perfect example of, of a player needing to adjust to a higher level. Um, but he's only 20 years old. He'll get there. Uh, he already played for team Canada at the world championships last last year under Gerard Gallant. Um, he wasn't playing many minutes, but the fact that he was on the team, that's already huge. That's 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 a huge accomplishment for a kid that at the time was only 19. Um, so yeah, we'll see what happens in the future. But in Hartford with Jones and Schneider this year, I think we're finally seeing the Rangers utilizing the Hartford Wolfpack the way they should be utilized by having them prepare players for the next level instead of instead of just you know filling out the lineup with with veterans taking away the top minutes obviously with like the whole log jam defensively right like it's hard to put a timestamp on when he would 
be able to come up. But what, when do you think he would be officially ready to be able to come up? Uh, 2023, probably. Um, he'll be he'll be 22 by then. Um, that's that's around the same age uh, as Nils Lundqvist right now. Um, you know, about three years after you after you're drafted to then make the jump for a defenseman makes a lot of sense. And the Rangers not having to make that decision right now makes it easier. You know, they, they don't need a defenseman, like you said. Um, but it also means that it gives Drury some ammunition for trades. I mean, who you're going to who are you going to add in a in a trade proposal for a player you really want? Well, um, who who would you be more comfortable with trading wise? Like who do you see has higher upside? Who would you rather keep Brandon Schneider or Nils Longfist? Um that's that's a tough one. It depends on on the rest of your defense, to be honest. Right. Um, if you if you keep Jacob Truba, then I would trade Brendan Schneider. Because Brendan Schneider is more the mold of Jacob Truba. Yes. If you if you trade away Jacob Truba, and then you ask me which of the two do I do I keep Schneider or Lundqvist, then it's obviously Schneider. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is look. This is this is one of the beautiful things of a successful rebuild that we're talking about here. Right. I mean, these are good problems to have. Uh, we haven't even we, we're not even going to talk about Matthew Robertson today, which is a damn shame because on most teams in the NHL, he's a top three prospect. On this team, he's not even a top three defensive prospect. Yeah. That's- so he's probably like shadowed over like crazy. Yeah, that, that's how crazy deep our prospect pool is right now. I made a list the other day, uh, and I, I I tried to rank our prospects, and, and I think I had Robertson 10th, which is, is weird to think about because he's, he's a damn good defensive prospect. We just have so many others that are even better than him. Um, and, and hopefully Drury can, can turn that into something nice in a trade. Um, but what's also going to be important for this team moving forward is the salary cap. If the salary cap isn't going to go up and with the pandemic affecting it again, uh, we might not see the salary cap go up significantly for a, for a number of years. It does make the likelihood of trading, uh, true, but, uh, it, yeah, it does increase the likelihood of, of true by getting traded. Because eight million on the books for a defenseman, when you have a guy on entry level contract who plays a, a similar style and who will be NHL ready in a year or two, um, it kind of makes sense, you know, to then trade away the guy that makes eight million. Yeah, no, it's definitely, it's definitely going to be a decision down the line. Because uh, what when is his when does it become a modified trade clause for Trooper? Uh, twenty twenty four, the same summer as Schneider's entry level contract expires. Oh wow! So that's pretty. Uh... So those two line up perfectly. So if they would go that route. Obviously, then if it's British Nader Longfist, you would see then Nils Longfist being the one out. Um, well, if if they if they if they keep Truba, they probably trade Schneider. If they trade away Schneider, they'll just go with. Uh, or if they trade away Truba, they'll go with Schneider and Longfist behind Fox. Because then there's no reason to trade them away. You just keep the players that are, you know, you keep the players that that are that are relatively cheap still. But like when when Nils Wunkless would like get his pay, right? I mean, obviously you can't justify a guy like that on the third pairing. Uh, it de- it depends on how high his extension will be. Right. Um. If if his extension is like two two and a half million a year. And you and you can trade away Jacob Truba to to clear eight million. That's yeah, that's gonna be fine. Move. That's probably a better move than 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 to trade away Nils Lundqvist because Lundqvist and Schneider are both RFA in 2024. So it's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting off season in three years or right. two and a half years actually. We're already in 2022. Right. So yeah, obviously it comes all to a they all either it expires or no trade clause or it all comes to that summer uh, yeah. decision making. Crider's no move clause expires that same summer, by the way. Right. So I figure, like, I figured it's known, like, either they're going to trade Crider or him. Mm-hmm. Um, you would think, though, that because of 
Braden Schneider being the mold of Truba, they kind of would go with Truba then. Would you agree with that? Or? Yeah, but you, but you can also make the case that Othman is the perfect replacement for Pryor. Oh, that's true too. So it, and this is the beauty of it. You know, just, you just, you just wait two and a half years, see which of the two, Schneider or Othman, is, is closest to being a proper replacement and then decide which one to trade. But I think one of them is going to get traded because there's no way you can justify keeping them when you have younger players ready to go. Cap casualties happen all the time. In some cases, like the Chicago Blackhawks, they happen after you win three cups and nobody cares. Um, I hope we I hope we win a cup before 2024. Yeah, no, do, that would be great. It, it's a lot easier to justify. Yeah, no, because it would be tough if you're still like trying to contend for that cup and you're bringing these rookies into that position already and just taking the veterans out. Yeah. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what's going to happen over the next two and a half years, for sure. Righty. And I believe our last one, if I'm not mistaken, um, is Morgan Barron. Yeah. Morgan Barron, interesting prospect for sure. Sixth round pick in 2017. Uh, uh, drafted um, out of the Greater Ontario Hockey League, if I remember correctly. Uh, then went to Cornell for three years. Uh, turned pro, I think, 2020. Was it 2020? Yeah, I think so. Um, and has played a couple of games with the team since then. Um, I think Barron is going to make the team next season. And the reason why I say that is because the Rangers need to clear some cap. And there's two contracts on the team right now that are perfect candidates for a trade if you want to clear cap space. One is Patrick Nemeth, who you can replace with Zach Jones. And the other one is Philip Hedel, who you can replace with Morgan Barron. They, they, both Nemeth and Hedel make $2.5 million. So they are, if you trade those two, you're, you're clearing after you adjust for the two entry-level contracts you clear 3.2 million. That's a lot of money for a team that's up against the cap. Um, so Baron, I think, is going to step into the lineup next season full-time. Um, interesting player for sure. Uh, the fact that he made it this far as a six-round pick is already impressive. Um, and I think he has the potential to be, to be a very successful player in a, in a bottom six role. Um, he reminds me a lot of Dominic Moore, if I have to compare him to a former Ranger with the way he plays, um, maybe with a little bit more offensive upside. I mean, you see like a lot of these players, like you think oh, a lot of these are in the first round. No, like they're later rounds. The Rangers are just picking these guys up. It's, yep. it's terrific to see. Zach I mean, Jones was drafted in the third round the same year as Robertson was drafted in the second. And Zach Jones has already surpassed Robertson. Yeah, sometimes, no, it's yeah, it's not even close. Sometimes you just find players later on in the draft that 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 surprise you. Development isn't linear. Not you. You cannot just you, you cannot just draw a line with here. This is where the player is now, and this is where the player is going to be in three years, and expect that line to be to be accurate for everyone. Now, for some people- players, some players develop much quicker in their early years. They regress a little bit when they're 24, 25. Look at a guy like Michael Delzato. Michael Delzato's rise to, to the NHL was, was, was fast. Um, and then he hit a wall, and he's never been the same since. He, he never hit – I don't think he ever hit the numbers of his first two seasons again as a defenseman. So was the reason with Zach Jones people pass on him because of his size? Uh, yes. Yes, because a lot of scouts still think that size trumps everything. And don't get me wrong, size matters in the NHL, but size is only useful if if the player knows how to use it. Right. It's kind of medieval thinking to like say physical is everything. Braden McNabb is one of the biggest defensemen in the league, same as Tyler Myers. I wouldn't take them over over Adam Fox or or Kale McCarr. Or, so if, if you have two players 
where the upside and the skating and the, and the defense is the same, and one of them is 5'11", and the other one is 6'4", go with the guy who's 6'4". Sure. But if size was as important as some fans think it is, Dylan McElrath would be in the NHL right now. Right. Yeah, no, that was... Size, size alone isn't, isn't going to get you to the NHL. And we're seeing it with Patrick Nemeth this season. Patrick Nemeth is a big defenseman, but he's not a good defenseman. Yeah, yeah, he's been a tire fire this year, and I think every single Rangers fan would be happy if we got him off the books. Um, so, yeah. All righty. Um, so, obviously, just one more thing with Zach Jones. Do you see him being a mainstay top four defenseman, or do you think he slots into that fifth, sixth? Um, it'll be an interesting battle between him and Keandre Miller, for sure. Right. Uh, I think Miller has the highest upside of any defenseman on this team. I think yeah, I mean, Miller has, I think Miller has the potential to be a Norris candidate. I mean, he his size, his skating, it's just it's yeah. all there. He just needs to put it together. That's all. Right, exactly. And and will that happen? God, I hope I hope it does. I hope he does. I hope it happens. But sometimes certain players don't really put it together. It happens. Um, you know, if if Alexander Daig or Pavel Brendel hit their ceilings, they're Hall of Famers. Simple. But sometimes players don't hit their ceiling for whatever reason. Sometimes players, like I said, sometimes players regress. The Rangers drafted, uh, or the Rangers traded two draft picks, two second round picks for Tim Erickson 10 years ago. Tim Erickson at the time was considered one of the best defensive prospects in the world. And then he was included in the Rick Nash trade a year later. And he never really was able to hit, to live up to the expectation. It happens. I hope that's not the case for Miller. Um, he's definitely improving. Uh, and, but if Miller hits his potential, then Miller Fox is one of the best, best top pairings in the league. Right. I mean, no, wouldn't you see them on, like, I believe last year they tried out with Fox and Miller. It just didn't click. No, but it was maybe a little bit too soon. Right. Um, but my, my, my dream scenario would be Miller Fox, assuming they all hit their potential, Miller Fox, Robertson Lundquist, Joan Schneider. Oh, so you believe, I, I know we didn't mention, you and believe you Robertson is. You can put them in whatever order you want. You can right. parents, you can put them in whatever order you want, but Miller Fox, Robertson Lundquist, Joan Schneider. I think if you get that out of your defense, drafting five of those six, that's, that, that's, that's, that's the type of defense the Nashville Predators and Carolina Hurricanes have built over and over again. It's crazy how, like, we didn't even mention Robertson, really. And he's a possible top four or top six player yeah. in this league. It's just incredible how the yeah. deep this prospect pool is. I mean, I, I don't think anyone's ever seen really anything like this. Sorry? I think, I think Robertson has top four potential, and he's, not, and he's, he's barely a top ten prospect in organization. It's, it's super weird. It's... Like I said, any other team, he's a top three prospect. And that's why I think he's one of the candidates to be traded away. It just, make, it just makes so much sense for the Rangers to trade Robertson because mm-hmm. of the value he has. He might have more value in a trade than Zach Jones. Really? Because general managers still care about draft position. Right, because we're where they were drafted. Second round pick versus Jones being a third-round pick. Robertson is big. Jones is small. I mean, yeah, I know it's 2021, but scouts and GMs haven't all gotten that message yet. Right. Um, All righty. I think that kind of sums it up. Uh, Stephen, before we go, you want to put in your total handle, what you do. What I do? Oh, Not what you do. Obviously, everyone knows what you do. do. (laughs) I mean, that's why we have you on here. On Twitter, I'm uh, statboy underscore Steven. 
Um, I post daily prospect schedules and recaps. Uh, I interview prospects throughout the year, uh, publish the interviews on my Twitter as well. And during Ranger games, you can find some crazy stats like today. Um, Mika Zibanejad being the fastest Ranger into a calendar year to score a hat-trick on the 2nd of January. Um, the, the, before today, the fastest was, um, was it Fer- Ferraro in 96 on January 3rd? Um, yeah, so if you like that kind of stuff, then definitely check it out. All right, Stephen, thanks so much for coming on. And uh, yeah, we'll see you some other time. All right, let's go Rangers. All righty. Take care, man.